Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast. If you want to follow us on Facebook, go ahead and do so at Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Gitter, and True Social, you can do so at RKY Freedom. That's RKY, then the word freedom. If you have a suggestion, comment, or you know of a guest that you think I should interview, go ahead and email the podcast. That email is Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at protonmail.com. That's Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at Proton, P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L.com. That's Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at ProtonMail.com. Thank you for listening. On episode 10 of the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast, I interviewed a person named Julie Beeling who wrote a book called Beneath Sheep's Clothing. At the end of that episode, I had mentioned that we are going to have to be our own Rush Limbaugh's. I interviewed someone who is his own Rush Limbaugh. Casey Whalen is a citizen journalist with a Substack account, and he also has a Twitter account where he videos himself at events to let us know what's happening. Casey also has a channel on Rumble called Northern Idaho Exposed. Casey and I discussed events that he has put on in the past past where an organization called the Montana Human Rights Network really sabotaged what he was doing and misled the public about his events. We also discussed how many groups are intertwined with each other to take down the freedom movement of this country. We give plenty of examples, all that and much more on this episode of the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's great to have you on here. I heard about you. Actually, I first heard about you on, uh, who was it? The Northwest Liberty. No, yeah, the Northwest Liberty podcast. I guess it's no longer a podcast. It's on a Rumble channel. And then Sam Bushman talked about you. And so I liked what you wrote on Substack. We're going to get into that. But first of all, let's learn a little bit about you. Uh, where are you from and how did you get to Northern Idaho and Coeur d'Alene? I grew up in the Midwest. I was born in Wisconsin and raised in Minnesota in uh, Anoka County and moved to North Idaho in 1990 so my father could find more work in the carpentry trade. And I just, uh, that's how I got to North Idaho and I've lived here for over 30 years and uh, I love, I love this area and um, just had been noticing corruption and I, I just wanted to get participate and try to you know promote the truth as much as possible and do the right thing yeah so i have to ask since you've been there and did you graduate high school in northern idaho i did okay and what year was that if you don't mind announcing 96 so it's been a while (laughs) oh from coeur d'alene yeah coeur d'alene high school interesting okay so I have to ask, since you were there, do you remember anything about the Ruby Ridge incident back in 92? I remember hearing a little bit about it, but, you know, being a kid, I wasn't really paying much attention to, like, a lot of the Richard Butler, you know, things that were going on here with the KKK, and I wasn't really paying that any attention, honestly. It wasn't until later in life that I, I under, you know, just wanted to, I, understood, I found out what, you know, I learned my rights through the Constitution, essentially, and um, mm-hmm. I, I had dealt with social anxiety most of my life. So this was an avenue for me to, to grow. And, and it's, it's helped me a lot to face, um, some of the things that I've just dealt with, um, from a social aspect. And so it's really helped me, um, get, you know, it's really helped me to do what I'm doing now, I guess. And, uh, and it's helped me a lot. So, I, and, and I just like, I want to help people in the, in local communities that are fighting corruption. And so it's been really, really neat to, uh, really unique situation to be able to, to, to come into some communities in North Idaho and, and help some of the locals just promote the truth. And mm-hmm. um, it gets, it's a little dicey sometimes, but you know, it's a lot of fun and you, you meet some really amazing people. We're, we're very lucky in North Idaho to have the people that we do here. I have to tell you, I, I've got to ask you a couple more questions before we find out who you are. I, I suppose you've never heard, or did you ever know Bo Greitz? I, I think you're going to say no. Who's, who's that? Bo Greitz. He was a freedom fighter in Orfino, Idaho, and started a compound called Almost Heaven. 
No. And he was actually a presidential candidate in 1992. I think he was only on the ballot in about five states. But, my gosh, he certainly got the vote in some of the counties in Utah. It was quite the phenomenon. Anyway, um, so, yeah, my sister-in-law says that I would fit very well in northern Idaho because of the way I think about things. And uh, maybe I'll move there someday. I don't know. Um, the, I, the fact of the matter is I used to have some good friends in northern Idaho in uh, Kamii and Coeur d'Alene. So uh, for what it's worth. But how did you get into journalism? Well, I first started out, I guess, probably 2018. I try to create a YouTube channel and I was trying to, the, the goal, it was a litmus test for law enforcement that I would take uh, full-size constitutions, uh, the Idaho constitution and the constitution uh, that I received from the Idaho Secretary of State's office, I would take them to the sheriff's department and police departments and I would also film them while I was doing it and so I was just exercising the first amendment trying to inform law enforcement as to the importance of the constitution. And that was very interesting. And uh, I filmed, I guess I was a first amendment auditor for a while. And then that morphed into journalism essentially. And I, along the way I learned, learned how to do videography. I worked out of a studio in Spokane, Washington for a couple of years. Um, it's a community uh, studio that you can pay a membership to so you could check out equipment. And uh, really, really was a lot of fun, honestly learning the process, uh, how to conduct interviews, how to mic things, how to light, you know, just all the, the, the full array, the full gambit and uh, enough to be able to compete with, you know, in some respects, the mainstream, the mainstream media. And, um, you know, it's been really cool to find a platform, you know, Twitter's right now the hot one that's really uh, helping me get the truth out. And so just trying to use whatever platforms are available to promote the truth and then working with people in the community we have a lot of really awesome citizen journalists in North Idaho now that we just organically will start working with each other. We won't even, you know, plan anything. We'll just automatically work with each other and promote the truth. And the media can't, they, they can't stop it, you know? And so it's very extremely powerful. And well, let me uh, ask you this. Uh, and then I'm going to comment on what you just said. What do you think of Redoubt News? I think they're still operating. Last time I checked in Coeur d'Alene, aren't they? Yeah, I'm um, Sherry Diwali and Brett Rush run that. Yeah. And, yeah, they're still running it. And I ran into them recently, and I do contribute to the Redoubt News also. So I contribute to Idaho Tribune, Redoubt News, sometimes the New American Magazine. I work with the senior editor, Bill Jasper, and Alex Newman on occasion, and uh, film interviews for the New American, um, just trying to make a living you know, doing independent journalism uh, and conducting interviews or whatever I could do to make some money. Um, but uh, the goal is just to keep focusing on exposing corruption in North Idaho. That's so my main goal. I want to comment on something. This is exactly what I'm talking about, folks. Remember on several episodes back, I interviewed Julie Beeling, and I think I even said this when I did an episode about podcasting. People will ask me, Who's going to replace Rush Limbaugh? And I say, you, you know, uh, all of us. And the, you, Casey, along with uh, Sherry from uh, Redoubt News and the New American, which has been around since 1985, but I think it's really picked up steam in the last few years. From what I'm gathering, I didn't even know about it until 2018. Um, it's people like you people like me doing this podcast, we are the ones replacing Rush Limbaugh, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. There's It's, it's pretty exciting. It, it almost feels like, a, I don't know, I've been calling it, it seems like a new renaissance in a way, you know, with technology and how you're able to essentially go head to head with, with uh, these huge corporations that are lying to the public. So it's extremely liberating and I encourage more people to get involved and exercising your First Amendment in any way, shape, possible, any way, any way you can. And, you know, I, um, I, I encourage people to do public records requests because that's extremely important and it's very easy to do. And so um, whatever people might think they could do or whatever they might be good at, and you can grow and grow your skill set. And uh, it's really, it's very empowering. And I just encourage people to, to, to it's hard at first because you don't have an audience maybe, but yeah. You just you just you just keep doing it and eventually it will pay off. 
Well, yeah, I'm at the stage right now where I barely have an audience. I'm 22 episodes into this thing, soon to be 23. I don't have much of an audience, but I keep thinking uh, somebody's going to come along and listen. And then before I know it, I'm going to have like-minded people listening. Mm -hmm. And so I would just encourage you to keep up the good work. Obviously, you've got a following if uh, Sam Bushman had you on his podcast. But um, I want to get into something about the Human Rights Network and the director, uh, Cheryl, I cannot pronounce her last name. Oh, Cheryl DeVries. Yeah, it just spelled so weird. Okay, yeah. And so she wrote a piece about you, apparently, I, or, you know, she is the director of, well, I, I guess the Human Rights Network out of Montana, but then she wrote about the red pill festival comparing it to the red pill expo now i had some time to get on the website about the red pill festival i guess you had it in montana what was the name of the town you had it in in montana yeah we had a it was called the red pill festival i think the website's still active the red pill i had filmed the entire event we had uh, montana legislators in we the event was in st regis montana on July 24th, 2021. And uh, we had, like I said, we had some really great Montana legislators, uh, Teresa Manzella, Derek Spies, um, and we had uh, Washington State, former Washington State Representative Matt Shea, uh, Idaho Representative Heather Scott, and uh, Scott Herndon, who has recently become a state legislator as well. And so there was a campaign essentially launched by the Montana Human Rights Network along with Sherilyn DeVries, who's part of the Montana Human Rights Network. And she's also the director of another organization called Love Lives Here Flathead. And so, you know, it's just a way for them to promote their social inclusion, as they would put it, I guess. Um, and so essentially, there was a campaign. She used the, the Twitter uh, Montana Human Rights Network account and was posting about the, uh, the the Red Pill Festival and saying just all kinds of terrible things about the legislators and how they're they're radical and you know just you know, just all kinds of things and so they tried to upstand our event one week prior at the same location in St. Regis, Montana, at the same park, and they called it was called Better Together and they had uh, some people from Coeur d'Alene actually showed up there. Tony Stewart spoke at the event. He's uh, the secretary of the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations. And so these folks have been working together for all, over 40 years, actually. And so it's, uh, I've been researching this for quite a few years now and found that the, it's, very, it's relatively, ins it's, it is insidious. It's, uh, I don't even know how to, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, honestly, but um, so there's people that are trying to, to create these narratives and you know, write dossiers and essentially slander people. And uh, they are, people are definitely, these people are definitely attacking uh, constitutional patriots. And, you know, they try to say that they're anti-government, but they do that with Ammon Bundy. They'll say he's anti-government, but he's promoting the constitution. And so, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, I don't know where, I don't even know where to begin. There's just so much information, but they tried to upstand our event and, you know, there was a bunch of stuff written in the local papers about how there it was the Red Pill Expo, which is G. Edward Griffin's uh, biannual, you know, twice a year now, I think, uh, Red Pill Expo. And so they, they sloppy journalism and, and uh, we had our event, we had global press show up from all over the world. Uh, Vice News was there and um, it was a good event. We had quite a few hundred people show up. And uh, it was successful, regardless of them trying to defame it. So here's the problem I have. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the Red Pill Expo is, and we're going to get into the differences here. The Red Pill Expo, oh, by the way, just so you know, I went to your website and I it said something about the fact that I couldn't click on a YouTube video because it was taken down. So I hope you have Rumble and some of those other alternatives where you can yeah. get it. Mm -hmm. Um, although I was able to somehow get a video from Scott Herndon. I didn't have time to watch it, maybe five seconds, but it was sounded pretty good. But uh, the Red Pill Expo is something that G. Edward Griffin does, and uh, I've never been to one, but I've looked at it. I understand it's a bunch of seminars, breakout sessions, 
that you can go to about all kinds of topics, the media, nutrition. Yeah, I'm sure that there's probably something in there now about IV Mectrum or how to IV Mectrum, how to handle COVID. And this was just what I gathered, what little I could gather on the website. I think you, you just had a bunch of speakers for what, a day or two? It was just one day. Yeah, it was all pretty much all, most of the, all afternoon. Okay. So, so yeah, that is sloppy journalism because you read the re the word red pill. Yeah, I, I would automatically think that it was, uh, it was about the, uh, the Red Pill Expo, but then I looked further, and that's what journalists are supposed to do. Speaking of sloppy journalism, though, I went to the Human Rights Network website, and they were saying things about people's rights, which no, many of you remember last week I had on Lori Moore on episode 22, people's rights. And they just said that they were racist, they were anti-government. Well, folks, let me tell you something. I know two people personally, in people's rights. Now, I'm a blind person. I'm not going to, I don't hide that out here. I'm blind. And I'm friends with people, the two people in the People's Rights Network. As a matter of fact, you know Sam Bushman. He's blind. Uh -huh. He's in it. So where's all the hatred and, the, you know, hatred towards disabilities? I'm sure that there's different people of different races and people's rights. But if they don't like uh, black people, brown, whatever, then logic would tell me, based on the kind of people that we learned about growing up, they wouldn't like blind peoples. Where did all that hatred go? Because I don't see it in people's rights. Yeah, no, it's people's rights is great. Um, I yeah. actually, I was part of, I've been part of people's rights essentially since the COVID started, and that's kind of when people's rights got going, honestly. And it's just a communications network. I'm sure you talked about it on your show before. And so yeah. the, the state absolutely hates it because we have successfully, you know, got people to show up at, at some of these, you know, businesses or, or families that have been affected by tyranny. And we show up, um, people contact the network and then we show up uh, where, wherever there's tyranny and we show up within, you know, 10, 20 minutes. We have a couple of people, handful of people that will just show up and, and help uh, a family or a business that's facing tyranny. So the state has it out for people's rights. And, you, and you've noticed, I'm sure, through Ammon Bundy and Diego Rodriguez's defamation lawsuit from St. Luke's Hospital. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I've covered that extensively. People's, they also named people's rights in, in that also. And people's rights isn't an entity or, a, you know, it's not a person that runs it. It's just, it's just a network and we just use it to communicate with each other. And, you know, um, so it's, it's extremely effective and, so, you know, we have these human rights networks. There's one called the IREHR, and that stands for the Institute for Research, Education, and Human Rights. And that was created by Leonard Zeskind back in 1983. And this gentleman is definitely a communist, and he's written um, a magazine called The Hammer <laughs> that gives you an idea of what he's up to. And so he, this IREHR is, has been it's very, very successful right now. They were creating dossiers on people's rights. They've been doing this for years. Um, you know, they have bios. There's one article in particular about Ammon's Army that, or, you know, about people's rights that came out in 2021, I think. The, I think it was October 2021 called Ammon's Army. <clears throat> and it go, it's like a 200-page article with 13 chapters. Uh, and the 12th chapter has bios on, you know, the main players and people's rights. And, and I'm in it along with like Joey Gibson and, um, you know, and Ammon and just, just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Chris Ann Hall's in it, you know, it's just, they just throw anything at the wall to see what sticks, you know? So, well, I, yeah, I take that back. I know three people, I know Ammon and yeah, you're right. They're, they're not anti-government. They are for constitutional government. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, this is the same organization, the Human Rights Network, the same organization that accused Dwight Hammond and his son Steve being arsonist. If you know who the Hammonds are, I'm sure you do. Uh, ranchers out in Burns. I guess it's technically Crane, Oregon. Uh, that We say Burns because everybody knows Burns is nearby and it's bigger than Crane. But uh, out in that area... And they were arrested because they started a backfire. They were not arsonists, nor were they 
you know, they said things that weren't true, like uh, Steve Hammond supposedly said, we're going to drop these matches and light the whole country on fire or something. No, that's true. I researched this extensively. So, yeah, the Human Rights Network of Montana has been around since 1990. And interestingly enough, you want to talk about sloppy journalism, Casey. I went to their website, and they have a whole entire guide on how to report on so-called white separatists or people like you. One of the things it says is do not let them have a mic. Well, I interpreted that as do not call them or do not put them on your platform. Let's say you have a podcast or something. Don't put them on. So what do you make of that? That that sounds like non-objective journalism to me when you're encouraging reporters to not let them have a mic. Does that mean you just talk to them off the record and write it down and don't let them talk? Uh, you know, you don't play the soundbite, the 10-second soundbite that you usually hear on the news. What do you make of that? Yeah, that's, just a, that's a common tactic to not, you know, pay any attention to the opposition, so... And that's okay, but I mean, you, we, we can still use the platforms and and still, you know, shout as loud as we can, and it's it's still effective. So it just shows that you know they're not inclusive at all. They're you know very uh, discriminatory when it comes to their ideology. Well, so, the thing yeah, that's, that... some, that's something I've, I've noticed when researching these groups is that's that's a common theme. Yeah, the thing that worries me is one of these days, the Internet's going to be so regulated, people like you and I won't be able to communicate. And I wonder what, we're, what we'll do then, because you may not even be able to access private VPNs. Let's hope that day doesn't come, but I'm afraid it will. What do you think we'll do then? Yeah, well, <laughs> was it Kennedy who uh, said those, those who make uh, peaceful, oh, I can't remember how, how it was phrased now, essentially, if you're not allowed to protest, you know, it'll lead to violent revolution. And, you know, that's, I think that's sadly where we're headed as the censorship um, beast really takes off globally. You know, we're seeing it in the UK and people are being charged for saying things online. And, you know, you know, it's going to come here eventually. And uh, this whole thing with these human rights networks, they've been communicating with law enforcement to report you know, people, if they just don't like what they're doing in public. And, and so it's should give everybody a, a great pause. And I would encourage people to contact your local legislators and um, start paying attention to the these human rights networks. Because a lot of times you'll find that if you dig into it, you'll see that they're communicating with law enforcement to report the op their opposition. So it's very, this is a very dangerous territory that we're in right now. Well, speaking of communicating with law enforcement, I read an article that you wrote on Substack. I believe it was May 25th, wasn't it? May 27th, something like that, where you had mentioned that law, uh, that there's people in law enforcement, even people in the FBI, that are teaming up to essentially discredit you and essentially arrest people like you. In fact, the you mentioned something about an event. I guess it was a Pride event in the city park of Coeur d'Alene. And there were people, I didn't catch the whole article, and I think this is where my screen reader got a little fuzzy, so help me out here. When I say fuzzy, I'm talking about not clicking on links, and I don't know why, but... Uh, apparently, I guess there were people, uh, th this Pride event met up with a lot of opposition because there were some exclusive sexual acts being formed in front of children. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. There was a, um, it was June 11th, 2022 last year. Uh, many people remember the arrest of Patriot Front. And so Patriot Front was going to attend the, the Pride in the Park event that was at the Coeur d'Alene park and essentially nearby there was a catholic rosary walk in another park actually and so the person that hosted the the pride event had contacted the director of a local human rights education institute and a local idaho state patrol officer michelle beach in an email to ask them to report this catholic rosary walk to the fbi and they did 
they said in their emails they did. So <laughs> then I actually even got the the uh, the flyer from the Coeur d'Alene Police Department. There's a there's an you know there's, there's intelligence analysts now that are part of law enforcement. So every police department, sheriff's department has an intelligence analyst who is communicating with the state's fusion center. Okay, and mm -hmm. essentially this flyer says you know rosary walk. And it, it's a it's a notification to law enforcement that there's going to be a rosary walk near the Pride in the Park event on June 11th. You know, and it's, this is all related to the FBI. I mean, and we, we, you know, it came out a handful of months ago that the FBI was targeting traditional Catholics. So now this is like a real life local example in North Idaho of that very thing happening. <laughs> so, so who who distributed these flyers about the rosary walk? Well, it's an inter. So the the inter the intelligence analyst created a flyer that's just disseminated internally within the police department. It's not oh. supposed to be public. <laughs> okay. But they screwed they screwed up when they did my record request and they gave it to me anyway. Oh wow! And so I actually went back and I requested all of the bulletins for two thousand twenty two, and they told me I couldn't have them. So, <laughs> you know, I caught them anyway. It just shows that there is this. I don't know. I mean, I like a lot of people in law enforcement, honestly, but with this mechanism in place, I mean, it, it's a, it's a modern, we are living in a modern day Stasi state. I don't think any, a lot of people do not understand how, how far along we are right now. So this flyer that was distributed, uh, sorry, I didn't know about this, but this flyer that was distributed, I think you did mention it, but I, again, I couldn't click on it. I guess this was meant for law enforcement. Uh, just as they have labeled traditional Catholics as racists and what have you because of the protest going on with this event, the Pride event? Yeah, I mean, that was their reasoning for, for, for doing that, yeah, essentially. But that was their justification. I think, if I, if I read your article correctly, didn't some people get arrested at this event for protesting? Um. Well... I actually just documented that uh, I ran into Antifa at the event, outside the event. Uh, one of their members, Robert John Stoms, who's part of Portland Antifa, was arrested. Uh, according to police reports, he threw, his, he threw himself on the hood of a car in the parking lot and was trying to instigate fights, essentially. He was with another tall, lanky guy with a, an AR-15. And Robert is, he's a shorter, kind of shorter guy, uh, has pink hair. And um, anyways, there's more to this, but yeah, he was arrested and then his friends came over, who were all from Port Portland, essentially, and were trying to shake down the cop that was part of the, uh, the arrest. And I just started filming them and essentially um, I just exposed that uh, they had, they were later pulled over and one of the, one of their uh, people that was with them was charged with, uh, she had cannabis on her so she was charged and i was able to find out the names of all these people that were shaking down this cop that were part of uh they were, that were with robert john stoms essentially so through records request i was able to ex expose this cell of antifa that showed up in Coeur at the pride in the park event there's also a pastor there with amplified um you know he had like a like a bullhorn or something and so he was trying to protest on the outskirts of the event. He was trespassed and I don't think he left or something. So they arrested him, um, I think for disorderly conduct, maybe too. I'm not quite sure. Can't remember. So those are two of the arrests I can think of outside of Patriot Front. And also the thing with, this just came out uh, today. Um, I just tweeted on my, on my Twitter here, uh, at Casey underscore Whalen. I'll just read it to you. It says the case against Patriot Front leader Thomas Rousseau was dismissed today with prejudice. According to Idaho Criminal Code 48C, the judge has apparently had it with the state playing shell games with evidence. Sources inform me that the state will likely try to appeal the decision, but there's a snowball's chance in hell it will have an effect. This should give standing for a serious lawsuit against the city of Coeur d'Alene and uh, Kootenai County. So it's some really good good news, you know. Wow. Yeah, the Patriot Front members were being charged with conspiracy to riot. I guess those are two, uh, from what I understand, two separate. So I don't know if they're two separate charges. Anyways, regardless, uh, there was another Patriot Front member in uh, two months ago or so. His case was dismissed 
for prosecutorial misconduct because this, the judge stated that the, uh, yeah, the, the, the plaintiffs, the state was playing shell games with the evidence, like I just said in that tweet. So uh, this is very good news for, for, um, for freedom, honestly, because I attended the first jury trial for the Patriot Front members, the five that were first found guilty, and it came out in court that there was no, they were not going to talk to any counter protesters. They were just going to show up to the park, go as far into the park as possible. And then Thomas Rousseau was going to give a speech about how he, uh, about how they, they were going to promote uh, family values, American values, and they were condemning the, the, the pride in the park event, the drag queen dance party that children were able to view. So it was a very wholesome sort of thing, but of course it got blown out of proportion. And um, so it's very good news that uh, the, um, they dismissed his case. Yeah, so and I think one of the, back to the Pride event, one of the reasons why there was a protest, my understanding was that there is a high school teacher named Eric who was at this event, and he was charged for raping a 16-year-old male, am I correct? I can't remember the exact specifics of that, but if, you, if people can go to uh, idahotribune.org, and there is an article on it. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, yeah, there was a, here it is right here called uh, Boise School Teacher and LGBT Pride Foundation volunteer Eric McDermott arrested on charges of raping a 16-year-old boy. Wow. And um, the article was on to say that the Idaho media covered up the teacher's LGBTQ activism. So, yeah, people can go, go look at that, that article on IdahoTribune.org. So, and then, you know, we had, like I said, we had Antifa there, too. So that's the, this, this is the type of people that these events are drawing. So Antipa was protesting, trying to make it look like you were the bad folks, correct? Well, one of their members actually grabbed my camera in front of the police and they didn't do anything. But after they were pulled over, I have the body camera footage. I just released it yesterday on my, on my Twitter there, at uh, uh, Casey underscore Whalen. And as they were searching the car, the, I mean, I, I, you can't see what they're searching necessarily, but they are like extremely surprised. Uh, they, they ask who's the doctor in the group because they have they have so many they have all kinds of medical supplies so antifa was showing up there because they thought someone was going to get shot apparently um and it, it's just ridiculous so they actually also commented the police did that they had tactical vests and that they were they were outfitted better than the police were and you can see you know one of the antifa members just kind of like grinning to one of his friends you know while it's going on so it's very interesting and that's at Idaho, what's the website? IdahoTribune.org? Correct. Okay, yeah, I'll have to go there. I'd forgotten all about that website. Yeah, it's a really great, great platform. It's the number, number one conservative uh, news platform in Idaho. So I, well, that's okay. So I assume that that's located in Coeur d'Alene, correct? In, I would say North Idaho. Okay. I don't know how much, I'm not really at liberty to talk about that probably. So. Okay, yeah, Northern Idaho, fair enough. So you talked, you somehow were able to get a hold. This is what's scary to me, Casey, is how these groups, the Human Rights Network, and some of these other groups are intertwined with each other to report on anti-Marxists. You got Absolutely. a hold of uh, Brian Gunderson, who is an FBI agent up there in northern Idaho, because my understanding is you were trying to report some hatred going on towards your group, I think, just to see what they would do. Mm -hmm. And somehow you got a hold of Brian Gunderson and you asked him specifically, what is, I can't remember the exact question, but I think you asked him what a white supremacist is or something like that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's uh, disturbing and intriguing at the same time. I said, well, I asked him, well, uh, so essentially just to, to give a little bit of a backstory, after the Pride in the Park event, the human rights groups were, of course, railing against Patriot Front and the need for um, the state and the federal government to step in and start charging people with hate crimes. And so the this plays right in line with uh, Merrick Garland, who's the, I believe, what the AG of the U.S. District Attorney's Office. So he launched a campaign called United Against Hate last year. And uh, that uh, compelled all 94 of the district attorney's offices across the nation to take part in this campaign uh, called United Against Hate. And they had an event all over. There was, like, I think, four or five events in the state of Idaho. 
But the one that we had here locally was at the Coeur d'Alene Casino. I think it was November 17th of last year. And at the yeah, I believe event, you're right. Yeah, at the event last year, we had <clears throat> we had uh, the U.S. Josh Hurit from the U.S. District Attorney's Office of Idaho was hosting it, along with Bryant Gunnarsson of the FBI, um, uh, Tracy Whalen of the U.S. District Attorney's Office of Idaho, and I believe she's part. No of relation to you, by the way. It's spelled no, differently. No, different, different last name spelling. Uh, okay. Yep. And, and then we had. Uh, the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations, which is actually the, they were created, you know, back in the early 80s when the, the Richard Butler thing was going on with the KKK. They're actually the, I would say they're the genesis of a lot of the nation's issues now because they even had a regional, I won't go into it right now. It's a long story. It's very interesting, uh, but the Kootenai County Task Force was there hosting it along with these FBI people. One of the things that's important to note is the Kootenai County Task Force created our local Human Rights Education Institute in 1998. And that's the, you know, I mentioned that this the person running the, the, the Pride uh, event had reported this Catholic Rosary Walk to the director of the Human Rights Education Institute, part of the same organization, this Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations. So they, they own the, uh, the, the Human Rights Education Institute as a, as a you know, way to educate people on Marxism. So anyways, uh, I guess I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but um, it was just very eye-opening to see these people informing people publicly how to report hate incidences, um, you know, and, and, and then now, now to see that they're actually doing it um, through, through these public records requests is just, I can't believe it, honestly. It doesn't seem like America, but, they, you know, so they had this event, United Against Hate, and so... After the event, I thought, uh, well, there's actually an article that came out that was written by former Idaho Supreme Court Justice Jim Jones, and Jim Jones was also the AG of Idaho at one point. He wrote this, this uh, op-ed in, in, a, in a paper here in Idaho, and he, he said, uh, Idaho must once again send the hate mongers packing. And in, in his article, he addressed, uh, you know, white nationalism, uh, uh, Christianity, so I reported him as it for a hate crime, right? Because he's using race and religion and he's yeah. defaming people. So I'm going to report him for a hate crime. So I called the DOJ, I called Tracy Whalen because I had her, her information. I, I, I emailed her, I think. And uh, two days later, Bryant calls me. He's the guy that's basically on a, he's also part on a consortium with the Human Rights Education Institute called uh, the Human Rights Consortium Steering Committee. So not to make it too confusing, but he's already part of this network. With the human rights network and i know that so he calls me and i know who he is and so i asked you know i report the hate incident whatever really just a way for me to how does this figure out how this mechanism works and so i asked him point blank what is white nationalism what does it mean to you and you know he you know what he said what's that he goes oh that's a good question he didn't he didn't have an answer so right there really? shows this is this is bs this is just it's just a way for the governments, the state and federal government to go after their citizens. Well, well, that just goes along with a quote that I have. Uh, I'm going to try and pull it up here, but that goes along with a quote that Brian said, where he mentioned that it is not against the, it is not a crime to hate. Yep. But essentially, he was encouraging people to report people report others if they saw something it's kind of like at the airport where they say if you see something say something which yeah. in some cases is good because you don't want uh, bad criminal behavior going on at the airport but that can also be very much abused yeah yeah absolutely yeah so i think i've got this quote up here right now um yeah um yeah, okay, here we go. It says, uh, while there is no crime against hate, he did, and this is my own notes now, he did urge the public to report incidences of hate. Well, if there's no crime against hate, <laughs> did they go over at this meeting what incidences of hate were? Because I think I did read that in your report somewhere. What, According to them, what are instances of hate? Yeah, so the hate, hate incidences are 
you know, any having a, a, any perceived bias of uh, against uh, race or religion. So that's 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 all that that's all it takes. That's what you know. If you make some sort of you know <laughs> comment that somebody doesn't like, they they can call and report you. I mean, that's 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 the environment that's being set up here. I happen to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Just for fun, I, I would hate to be the bad guy in this, but just for fun, I would like to go to northern Idaho and have somebody make a sardonic remark about my religion and call that person in just to see what they would do. What do you think they'd do? Yeah, this That's, is pretty much what happened to me, though. You know, they'll contact you and take your information. As the FBI agent Brian Gunnerson told me, they want to know what the left, the right, and the center are doing. So it's an all information awareness campaign is all it all it really is. And um, <laughs> I'm extremely troubled by it. And uh, I'm trying to work with my local representatives to somehow fight back against this because I even sent an email to the District 1 commander of the Idaho State uh, Police and I informed him, do you think it's appropriate for your officer, Michelle Beach, to be reporting this Catholic rosary walk to the FBI? And I asked him some other questions and asked him to disavow his association with this. He's also on this Human Rights Consortium Steering Committee. He, he's a founder of it. So he tried to turn around on me and ask me if I was an activist or a journalist, essentially, and wouldn't answer my questions. And so I emailed him back and I said, well, I could ask you the same question. Are you an activist or are you an ISB officer? Um, and I asked him my questions again, and he never replied back to me. So, and then I even sent an email to the commander of the Idaho State Patrol, and um, same questions, no, no reply, nothing. So, you know, these people are just—they're just so arrogant. Um, we're, we're, it's late in the game, and what's done is done. They—they they just don't care. So, but somehow we have to work with our legislators and figure out a way to. Uh, diffuse this because it's extremely dangerous well it's interesting that the members include the Coeur d'Alene police the idaho state police uh the fbi and the kootenai county sheriff are all in this organization that you just mentioned uh, name the organization again yeah it's the human rights consortium steering committee and it's hosted by the human rights education institute so the so I've been told by the, the Coeur d'Alene Police and the Sheriff's Department that they're being sent these emails, but they are not participating in their monthly meetings that they have. Um, and, but the Idaho State Police is definitely, they're named as part of being a founding member of this. So they are directly involved with it. Um, like the police and the sheriff don't want anything to do with it because it's just very divisive. So I need to make that known because they've explicitly told me that and I haven't found anything to really show that they are coordinating or working with the consortium steering committee. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just very, very eerie that you have the FBI openly working with them and, and the Idaho State Police. So the, the reason the Idaho State Police is a major problem and a huge conflict of interest is because across the nation, according to the DHS, there is one fusion center in every state and one major one anyway. And you, you know who runs the fusion centers? No. In Idaho and in Washington, it's the Idaho State Police and the Washington State Patrol. Wow. That's, that that, that, that kind of... <laughs> you know, that's uh, uh, that's like uh, being in uh, Germany with uh, yep. the Gestapo or the KGB. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, it's exactly what it is. I mean... And, and it isn't just uh, the police force and FBI, folks. As a matter of fact, you've got the Heritage Health University... Uh, Heritage Health at the University of Idaho, they're involved in this too. Yeah, yeah and... community players, they get they get the major, you know, the the really, you know, medical education, you know, those are the major points for, for these people. And they so they they wrap the major power players in the community up in in this conglomeration. And so it's as you can probably understand, it's very hard to disrupt it. Yeah, so let's talk about Christopher Goldsmith. Uh, you had mentioned him. I guess he's a reporter for MSNBC. Thanks for that information, because I don't watch MSNBC that much. Uh, I don't like any of the cable news networks, but I, uh, I I do watch them on occasionally just because I'm a podcaster. Let's get into Christopher Goldsmith. Or Goldsmith, I'm sorry. 
mixing that up with the former governor of Oregon, Christopher Goldsmith, uh, president of a recently formed organization called the Task Force Butler. I guess it was named after General Snedley Butler. Uh-huh. This guy also, oh, this guy also was a New York Times reporter. He was a veteran, and well, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a New York Times reporter. He just oh research. He, he's uh, he owns property with a reporter for the. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, that's right. Thanks for clarifying. Um, yes, and he. Yeah, you're right. He does own property with a New York Times reporter, and um. He was also a veteran in Iraq, and I guess he, well, I guess his duty after fighting in combat was to take pictures of corpses. Yeah. And then he suffered with uh, PTS, post-traumatic, uh, so I can't remember what PTS stands for, but he suffered from that, and now I, I guess he's in this organization. Do you want to talk about this organization? It's probably pretty similar to the Human Rights Network and the others that we've been talking about. Yeah, they they all sort of, they're all quite a bit alike. You know, they all have the same agenda, so they do work together. They're all, I, you know, they're all kind of one and the same to me. Um, yeah. They just use names to confuse people, but they're all working intimately behind the scenes. So I found out through about Task Force Butler after the arrest of Patriot Front and how they had since 2021, when they were created, they've been creating a couple of reports. And one was called Operation, let's see, uh, Project Blacklisted, it was called. And essentially, it was a report sent to uh, prosecutors across the country. And they would give specific examples, depending on the state that they sent it to, how to prosecute Patriot Front. And so essentially, it's just like, basically like the IREHR, like we talked about earlier, creating dossiers. They're basically doing the same thing but they're doing it from a legal standpoint and they're citing specific law, state and federal law that they can charge their, their opponents with. And so one of their reports, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but it, it basically was a report on TikTok or on um, libs of TikTok essentially. So that really kind of told me everything I needed to know once I saw that, that you know, they're just a shill essentially for the MS, for MSNBC or he is. And um, you know, they're just, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, Disinformation campaign is essentially what it is. Yeah, and by the way, this is the same person who publicly stated that the word patriot and Nazi and anti-fascism should be used in the same sentence or should be basically meaning the same thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he, yeah, he had a task force on, on uh, social media monitoring disinformation and i'm not sure what was in that disinformation that he was monitoring but again the thing that scares me is how intertwined these are i didn't realize that it was that bad until i looked at your article and this isn't just happening in the northern idaho or i'm sure it's happening all over the rocky mountains i know that northern idaho is considered the pacific northwest but you know, you get down further into Idaho. I'm sure it's happening everywhere in right. these states. Absolutely, yep. So uh, in the in the Northwest region, it's mainly been the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations has been. I I I'm pretty confident the arbiter of everything essentially because they the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations back in the 80s went on to create shortly after they were created they created another organization a regional organization that consisted of the five most Northwestern states. And in this uh, organization was the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations, the Montana Human Rights Network, the ADL Benai Brith. Um, there's associations with the SPLC. They worked with the SPLC quite a bit. It's now defunct, but essentially they use this, it was called the Northwest Coalition Against Malicious Harassment. And it was later changed to the Northwest Coalition for Human Dignity. It's hard to remember all these damn things, but uh, that's what they do. They, you know, they change their names. They'll make new groups, and so. But essentially, this regional monstrosity uh, was a way for them to pump up their, you know, for them to create funds. And so, the Montana Human Rights Network was created in 1990. You know, and so they were all working together essentially to. Um, to have the means financially 
to, to uh, now, for instance, the Montana Human Rights Network has their own research arm. Some of the people that are part of their research arm went over to the SPLC, uh, Travis, McA Travis McAdam and Rachel Carol Rivas are now working research for the SPLC. Uh, another group called the Western State Center out of Portland, Oregon, same thing, doing the same type of things. Uh, also, this group is interesting because the Western State Center is, they work within the community and they try to create campaigns essentially. And that's really what the Montana Human Rights Network does too. So they're all working together. <laughs> And um, yeah, they've they've come a long way. And I'm sure they all communicate years. together, don't you think? They would have oh, to. Absolutely. No, and, they talk uh, about you know, like the Cooney County Task Force on Human Relations will say, oh, we gave some of our thirty thousand dollars that we gave out was given to the Montana Human Rights Network. So they're giving money to each other and they're promoting each other and fundraising and oh, yeah, they're totally working together. Yeah, and by the way, this uh, Christopher Goldsmith guy also. Uh, he's also in a project called Blacklist, Blacklisted. And yeah, essentially, was... oh, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's what I was saying earlier, the project uh, Blacklisted, yeah, to, to talk about how to go after Patriot Fund. Sorry, cut y'all. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, they're doing, you know, the Human Rights Network. The Human Rights Network has a guide. This is a 300-page document. Uh, on how to report uh, federal, uh, well, it's sent to federal district attorneys and state attorneys, and what this document is, and generals, and what it does is it uh, basically teaches you, just like the, the Human Rights Network and all these others, how to report hate crimes and things to that effect, correct? Yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what that's basically what it is they're, it's all part and parcel and so, so they're they're using like the patriot front group you know i've met some of them i've interviewed uh one gentleman and i don't know i it's they're just trying to use this group as a as a way to go after everybody else so let me ask you this because this is quite depressing but i would like to if i can uh install some hope in some folks do you see i know that somebody you had mentioned one of the people today had a trial and the judge declared it a mistrial with prejudice do you have any hope of these people being exposed and are you afraid that once these people are exposed they're going to find anything to charge you with and go clear up to the supreme court and you folks will be spending millions of dollars in lawsuits and all that. Do you, are you worried about that? And do you have any hope that this ex, this corruption can be exposed? And I don't know if it'd be done away with once and for all, but do you have any hope that at least it wouldn't go up to the Supreme Court or the, I don't know what circuit of appeal uh, court is in Idaho, but do you have any hope that at least will not go that far once it's all exposed? Because what happens when they expose you they're going to find they're going to do anything that they can think of to tarnish your reputation. Oh yeah, I mean it's already kind of happening with uh I mean that, that yeah, I may I'm making a lot of enemies, but I'm making I'm making a lot of friends too, so yeah. Um that's just sort of that's just part of what this, you know, fighting freedom, fighting for do we're just trying to do the right thing. It's just you know, I'm I'm at the point in my life now where consequences be damned. I'm not going to, I'm never going to stop. So yeah. I don't really care. I don't care what man does to me. Honestly, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm doing the right thing and, and uh, I don't care. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, um, I have, I have a lot of hope, honestly, because things are, are, are gradually changing. Well, let me just say this, and I don't mean to get religious. I don't know what your beliefs are about God or whatever, but uh, let me just get religious here for a bit. God is in charge, and if he has work for you to do, then he's going to make sure it's been done, which I believe that's why Ammon Bundy and company were saved. Now, I don't claim to be a prophet i would 
I'd be lying to you if I was a prophet. I'm not going to pretend to be. And the Bundys are not prophets. You're not a prophet. But I think that if you're doing the Lord's will, and he's not done with you, I think that he's going to provide a way to use you until he is finished with you. And I don't mean finished. I'm just meaning finished on this earth life. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I don't know what your beliefs are, but uh, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I'm, that's why I'm doing this is because God is telling me to. (laughs) Yeah. So I like, that's really, I don't care what man thinks or what it is. It's just like, I have this personal relationship with God and God's like, are you really just not going to do anything about this? You're just going to just let it slide. And I can't, you know, my, I'm just, I feel too convicted too. So I, I, I really thank God for giving me a lot of opportunity. And, um, you know, it's like, I'm, I've considered myself a starving artist, honestly, <laughs> but I feel like I have to do this full time as much as I can. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make this, you know, like a full time job, which is challenging, but it's slowly starting to kind of work itself out. And um, I just really thank the people of North Idaho that, that have supported me because uh, it's just been amazing. Well, I would love to get up to Northern Idaho and maybe we could meet sometime. That'd be awesome. Um, I've been to the Coeur d'Alene area once and it was great. Um, where can people find you? I know you've got a Substack account. I know you've got a Substack out there. Casey Whalen, that's C-A-S-E-Y-W-H-A-L-E-N-E. No, W-H-A-L-E-N, Casey Whalen. Casey uh, underscore Whalen for the Twitter. Oh, for Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I know your Substack is CaseyWhalen.substack.com. Oh, yeah. Correct. Correct. But yep. no, y- yeah, you can give your Twitter handle out. Anyway, yeah. So it's Casey underscore Whalen, yep. W-H-A-L-E-N. Mm-hmm. And, Casey. and then I'm, I'm also on Rumble. Uh, I go by North Idaho Exposed. I've been running that for quite a few years now. And I'm just really kind of focusing more on on x or twitter right now because i'm getting a lot a lot more you know people are seeing more of what i'm doing so there's a lot of things on there i've got footage from you know the patriot front trials outside the courtroom i interviewed one of the gentlemen like i said uh after he had pled guilty to the conspiracy to riot because uh he couldn't uh the way that the instructions were written to the jury uh, he just he couldn't even really submit evidence Uh, it was just a mess so he just guilty anyways people can go to my twitter's all kinds of different unique stuff on there that isn't reported anywhere else in north idaho let me ask you this since we're on the topic of northern idaho is northern idaho the most conservative place in idaho or would you say other parts are would you say northern idaho i i don't know if you know that answer to that question or not Uh, i I don't know that's i i kind of like to think i all of Idaho is relatively conservative, but we know Ada County definitely is not very no. liberal. Um, I, I, yeah, I would say that North Idaho, I would say we know we're known as the readout. People move here for specific reasons. So we have like amazing people moving here from, you know, California, wherever. Who I don't care personally where you're from. If you're for promoting liberty, then you're my friend. Why don't and, you talk a little bit about the Redoubt movement? What exactly is that? Because I know people have heard that. I kind of know what it is. But what it, explain to us what that is. Yeah, so so there's an author. I think it's James Wesley Rawls. I believe he wrote. Uh, I think he wrote a book about it, and uh, I want to say it was like I'm at his website. Uh, his website's survivalblog.com, and so I think he's the one that basically. Uh, gave the North Idaho the readout um, moniker, I guess you could say, as a you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what's his blog called? Uh, survivalblog.com. Survivalblog.com. Yeah, James Wesley Rawls is an author, and so I think huh. I don't know if he wrote a book or, but I remember people. I remember hearing about the readout thing that he basically gave it the label from. I believe it was something he wrote. I guess I just don't know. Um, okay specifics but i think essentially it came from from him so but it's for bible is it f-o-r-e or what's that is it f-o-r-e then the word bible or how do you spell for the Uh, the blog it's survival blog um 
I guess I don't know what four you're talking about. <laughs> oh, the guy that wrote the readout for Never Oh, mind. James Wesley Rawls. Yeah, but you said it was the per P E R the Bibleblog.com. Uh uh, it's it's survival blog. Okay. Okay. Well, um, two questions. Oh, well, is there anything else? I want to ask you two more questions. Is there anything else, though, that I haven't covered that you think should be covered? Um, I don't know. I not really I mean, kind of covered a lot of the important stuff. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of right now. I'm just uh, trying to confront uh, the Kellogg School District. Um, I have a lawsuit with them for not producing four public records requests. And uh, so I have a, a judge is supposed to uh, issue an order soon on my case against the school district. So um, it's interesting because uh, there was a student that was not allowed to attend his graduation for saying guys are guys and girls are girls during a rehearsement uh, for his graduation ceremony. So they charged or they, yeah, they charged him with insubordination. Um, and wouldn't let him walk his graduation. So he sued the school district. And then a bus driver, Dakota Mayu, the student's name is Travis Lore, by the way. Some people probably heard about the story, but the bus driver, uh, Dakota Mayu, showed up for the protest at the school. Uh, uh, I think it was June 1st. Uh, in, you know, since he couldn't walk his graduation, people showed up in protest to support Travis. And Dakota Mayu, the one of, a bus driver for the district, showed up and he was instantly fired on the spot. So he has a lawsuit against the school district. You know, I have a lot. So the school district is not doing so good right now. They have three lawsuits against them. And, and what I, uh, school district is this? It's the Kellogg School District. Oh, wow. In, okay. Outside of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah, I've heard um, of that town. Okay. So I went to the school board meeting the, the, the other night, and um, I won't go into the specifics of all, all what happened. It's on my Twitter if people want to see it. But he uh, he grabbed my camera in front of the cops and the and the county sheriff, uh, the superintendent of the school district, Lance Pearson, and uh, the, the cops in the sheriff's department didn't do anything about it. Um, and he held on to me for like a minute. With, he held on my tripod for like a minute. So anyways, you can't, that's assault. You can't actually grab anything attached to a person. You don't even have to grab the person. You can just grab something that's attached to them, like something in my hand or whatever. So I have filed a, I filed a lot or, you know, filed a police report against the superintendent. So Things are getting very dicey for the, the Kellogg School District and the if people want to follow what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to be uh, exposing more of that because this is a very interesting situation where these people are getting caught, you know, blatantly yeah. not fulfilling records requests, blatantly not allowing me to address the school board in executive session to complain about um, some of their employees. So, you know, they're being exposed and that's my latest project if people are interested. Two more questions that I want to ask you, and this is a ritual that I started with Lori Moore. I'm sure Lori Moore is a good friend of yours. Oh, yeah. Um, she is a wonderful person. I haven't met her, but I've heard enough about her and I had her on my podcast. She is great. But two questions here. Number one, what do you like about being in the Patriot movement? I'm sorry. What was that? I got distracted there. Oh, that's okay. What is it in the Patriot movement that uh, what is it about being in the patriot movement that you like um well i, I mean ultimately everybody's just doing it to do the right thing and that in itself is liberating and i mean it's just amazing i i, I definitely suggest people to stop watching tv and start participating in their community and uh i love it it's 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 great you know I, I, you meet some of the the most salt of the earth people Absolutely. And this is going to be a loaded question. Take this for how you want. Um, who is your favorite commentator, whether it's a podcaster, somebody on Rumble, YouTube? Uh, who is your favorite commentator on, you know, like I said, whether it be podcasting, YouTube, Rumble, or any of these alternative platforms? Uh, I listen to a lot of radio. I'm a big fan of the No Agenda show. So I don't know if people are familiar with No Agenda, but it's... No, I really have. Uh, what is that? Yeah. I've heard of... I think I've heard the name. Yeah, noagenda.com, uh, run, run by uh, John C. Dvorak and um, Adam Curry, who's a former uh, MTV uh, 
Oh, you know, okay. And, uh, yeah, just, I know who just, Adam Curry is. He used to yeah. host the Headbangers Bowl. Yeah, yep. And yeah. so their 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 show's been on for 15, 16 years. I'm kind of I only started listening the last couple of years, but it's great. They're a they're ahead of the curve on news and everything. And so I I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I just I research. I listen to podcasts. So. I'd say No Agenda is probably my favorite. Uh, a local talent here, Ed Bay Naraha, his platform is called Idaho Speaks and uh, did his show recently. And he he's he's just doing a great job. Is and, that uh, IdahoSpeak.com? You know, I'm trying to look it up right now. I think I think I have that okay. right. Yeah. Idaho While you're Speaks. looking that up, um, yeah, I remember Adam Curry. He He actually, I think, was one of the very first people. You mentioned how he's ahead in technology and news. I believe Adam Curry was one of the first people to endorse the BBSs. Remember those BBSs that you'd yeah. have to dial into? I think he was one of the first to get onto that, wasn't he? I don't remember. I don't honestly know. <laughs> okay, but, uh, I believe anyway, he was. It's, it's just a great show. It's, it's yeah. entertaining. I'm going to check you know. that out. Yeah, do. It's on no twice, agenda. A, twice a week on Thursdays and on Sunday. Is that a pod? Can I find that in all the podcast directories out there? Yeah, yeah. And you can just go to No Agenda show.net i guess it is okay and is. what is the website for idaho speak is yeah, it idaho idahospeaks.com okay and yeah, people can go see my interview with um with ed uh it's i did an interview with him he posted it here on october 2nd and i go into more detail about the human rights network it was a okay. chance for me to just give you just gave me the microphone and i just Put it out there all I'll tell you what, stuff. there'll be a link in the show notes. How's that? Sounds good. And by the way, when I'm done publishing this, I'll send you a link and you can feel free to post it wherever you would like. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it. Is there anything else that I want that uh, you want to go over? Um, no, not really. I, I really appreciate your time and, and letting me uh, talk with you on your platform here. Yeah, you bet. Well, folks, I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast. If you want to follow us on Facebook, go ahead and do so at Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Gitter, and True Social, you can do so at RKY Freedom. That's RKY, then the word freedom. If you have a suggestion, comment, or you know of a guest that you think I should interview, go ahead and email the podcast. That email is Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at protonmail.com. That's Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at proton, P R O T O N M A I L.com. That's Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone at protonmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>